Hi, I'm Dr. V. And I'm Dr. A. Two docs on a mission to answer your burning questions about burning sensations and all things science. This is What the Woo. The entire baby boom population alive today had the measles as kids. Bring back our childhood diseases. They keep you healthy and fight cancer. That's a tweet from Darla Shine, a former Fox News producer and wife of White House Communications Director Bill Shine. She's one of a growing number of underinformed and overly loud people sharing dangerous information while ignoring the path of dead children left in her wake. Is life really better with measles? Well, let's look at the Philippines, one of many areas experiencing a measles outbreak due to undervaccination. Between January 1st and February 20th of this year alone, 8,400 people have contracted measles. 130 of them, mostly children, have died. A pediatric oncologist reported four of his young patients, unable to be vaccinated due to their cancer, survived chemotherapy and leukemia only to succumb to a preventable disease brought on by people who think like pro-baby death advocate Darla Shine. That's today on What the Womb. If you're enjoying the WooCast, please subscribe and leave a review so we can grow the Woo crew. Now on to the show. Did you have chicken pox when you were little? I did. It was a big deal. It was. How old were you? Gosh, I think I was in second grade. Okay, yeah. I think that was like right about, I don't know why it hit second graders so disproportionately but it was and like we didn't have chicken pox parties but i don't think anyone went out of their way to quarantine you oh no um i remember when my neighbor got chicken pox you know my my mom made a big deal about it like oh andy down the street her family's got chicken pox so we should probably see them some point soon yeah and then you all can get your chicken pox too yeah and it wasn't like yay like, let's just get this over with. It's going to suck. Yeah, like, it really was. And the whole point was to get everybody in the family yeah. to have chicken pox at the same time. Because mm-hmm. no one wants a second round of chicken pox. No. And so I remember I got chicken pox and I was super duper pissed because I was in a dance recital. And after like however many years it was, you got like a special necklace after your third year in dance recital. Oh, that's fancy. And that was my year to get the necklace. And like you have to understand... I was not one of the girls who was in the front row at the dance recital. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was always in the back, right? Like, just kind of, like, waving my hands back and forth, and my costume was stapled together. Like, this was a big – that was, like, my only chance to be in the spotlight. Right, and then you can, like, show all your friends, look, I'm so good at dance. I'm so good that I got a necklace. I got a necklace. I got my participation <laughs> award, and I wasn't even there for that. That's why I'm in medicine and not dance. Oh, right. I'm sure that's the only reason. <laughs> well, lots, yes, yeah. uh, among among many reasons. But yeah, so I mean, obviously that that was the sucky part of it. And then you had to sit there like a leper in the Did you have an oatmeal bath? I did, and we had a lot of calamine lotion everywhere. Mm. I had a terrible case. I had um chickenpox down my throat yeah. and deep in my ear canals. And, yes. And, it was, it was, I think I was out of school for over a week, which was a huge deal for a nerd like me. I didn't want to miss school. Yeah. And, but I think it's, it's very interesting how out of all of the vaccine preventable diseases that we like hear about because we don't really see them anymore, like that was pretty much considered a very mild one. 
Like, yeah. that's a no big deal one, and it still sucked. Well, and my neighbor across the street actually got chicken pox after our whole family did as an adult. Um, oh, God. And she almost died. Yeah. You know, I remember it being a huge deal. And and at second grade, I didn't understand it. I was like, why does, why is she in the hospital? Like, yeah. I just had this, and yeah, I had to miss a week of school, but I'm not dead. And, but you know, adults... Uh, get hit really hard with chicken pox. Also very young and, children. And then, well, yeah, I actually, my mother told me that I had it when I was a baby baby. Oh. But I had some sort of like, because I was not immune competent. Yeah. As a little baby, I got it again. Of course. Um, so when when my kids were little and they realized it was a chicken pox vaccine, like not only would we save them from chicken pox, but then save them from shingles down the road. Yeah. Like, yes, let's, do it. It is just astonishing to me how quickly our collective memory fades, you know, because chickenpox mm-hmm. was our big thing. Like now there's nothing. Like maybe it's the flu, if right. anything. But when my mom was young, she had scarlet fever, miss, oh, wow. missed school for a year. That's crazy. I mean, that, that changes your entire life. Yeah. And it was like, you know, okay, what? Well, that's just what happens, right? And then the generation before that, Polio. Polio. Like everybody had an aunt that ha- was in an iron lung and you never saw them. Right. Because they were in a sanitarium. And it was just like, or in a wheelchair. Like, eh, right. No big deal. I mean, I, I actually had a patient once who had post polio syndrome and, you know, she looked like a stroke victim. She could not move her leg correctly. And, you know, and that happened all of the time. Yeah. And now you don't see that. Like, they used to not name their kids, right, for, like, a year because it was, like, a, a big deal when children survived. Right. So I just it, – it's mind-boggling to me. How, what what would somebody think? Like, what would Louis Pasteur or any of the, um, you know, founders of the modern vaccine movement think if they were to fast-forward to, to today and be like, all of our wildest dreams came true. We managed to eradicate these horrible childhood – diseases except uh, isn't the world like so grateful <laughs> right except then there are just pockets of people that are like "Ooh, nope. vaccines are bad never mind never mind <laughs> so i mean every year there's there's another one that's really scary that comes out but measles yeah all over the news all over the news right now and you know it's really easy for folks to forget it was also all over the news a couple of years ago yeah and a couple of years before that, too. And this was this was actually eradicated, right? In the States? Yes. In 2000, um, it was eradicated. Uh, and I think that was in California. That's the specific stat I have that uh, it was eradicated. Oh, thank you, computer. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to share with you this information. Um, I mean, oh, no, it was eliminated in the U.S. in 2000. Um yeah. Well, that just goes to show you what a delicate, what a delicate balancing act this is, right? And it's not that it's eradicated; it is we've now reached a steady state, and how easily we can tip back over. Yeah, it's sad, you know. And everybody thinks on those anavac sites that, oh, well, if it was eradicated, no longer a risk. Yeah, yeah, but um, we live in a world like our world is not just the U.S. We live in a global world. Yes, and and there are plenty of other countries where these things are still endemic, where they don't have easy access to vaccines. You know, and and then we go and visit them. Yeah, 
or, or they, you or know, they people visit come and us. visit us. Yeah. yeah. And they, yeah, the things get planted out there. So I wanted to ask you, because honestly, it was never something I had to devote any energy to think about measles because it was eradicated. I was never at any risk of exposure, got vaccinated, whatever. Like, I don't even know what that looks like. It, it's kind of, It's interesting to me that somebody would so quickly write off what measles can and cannot do since very few of us have probably actually seen it. Like, I imagine if it was bad enough to make a vaccine, it probably kind of sucked. Yeah, like people aren't just thinking like, oh, what can I make a vaccine for that yeah. has no, you know, public health impact? Or like my rosacea vaccine. Yeah, I, it's, exactly. it's unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not a thing. We, we generally try to save lives. So yeah, that's the big thing is that... Um, so recently I got this big email from San Diego County Public Health Department that's like, hey, uh, medical providers, um, in case you don't know what measles looks like, this is a big deal. And here, we want to give you some guidance. And, you know, it was really interesting because, you know, they really outlined a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, big the big thing for, you know, any other person out in the world is just if you have a fever and a high rash those are the most common symptoms of measles along with common cold symptoms runny nose uh some conjunctivitis so red eyes irritated eyes um but if you were to just stop there and i think that's what most people do okay well whatever no big deal but but, but you could also die. You could also die. Yeah, encephalitis, big, big deal. And there's actually a portion of the encephalitis that actually um, is, you know, you get measles, you uh, survive from it, it goes dormant, and then it reactivates later. So and encephalitis, swelling of the, the brain. brain. Yeah. yeah. Not, not great. Not good at all. Yeah. And, you know... Even if you live through encephalitis, which is a big if, um, you know, you can have permanent defects. Uh, you know, maybe those are just inability to use a limb correctly or, uh, you know, bigger things that you cannot think uh, the way that you were before. Oh, maybe I did have it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's just, there are so many things that are really terrible about this disease. And... And I think that it's important to understand that, that it's not just a common cold, that there are worries to have, uh, you know, life-altering changes. Yeah, and I, it's it's interesting to me. I was reading a book by this guy. He's a, he's a doctor, an immunologist, and he's also sort of out in the public space having having debates with people publicly about these things. And the conclusion that he came to when he's talking with anti-vaxxers is like, there's nothing you can say to convince somebody whose mind is already made up that they should get vaccines because it, it's sort of this circular argument. Like regardless of how bad the disease is, it doesn't matter because I'm not at risk. Me, me, me. This is about me. I'm fine. Right. It's not there. And I can count on all these other people to protect me. And so the only cure for them is to have an actual experience outbreak and that's yeah. exactly what we saw happen in washington what did they say that the um the immunization rate in the last month has gone up 500 percent yes 500 percent. and what i find interesting is so they've got more than 50 confirmed cases of measles in just clark county alone and 
over 90% of those cases are known to be unvaccinated children. Yeah, I mean... Only one is actually not a minor. And this surprises who? I mean, I mean the anti-vaxxers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing is it doesn't surprise me at all, yeah. you know, and uh, it's really interesting to me because, you know... Uh, over 90% are known to be unvaccinated. And I was just reading the statistics from the county health department. And that other 10%, it's not that they are known to be vaccinated. It's actually that the vaccination status could not be readily determined. Yeah. Which it's, usually equates to they also weren't vaccinated. So there's, um, I, I don't remember the exact number, but the CDC knows because they're scientists and they study this stuff, that there is a specific percentage of the population that has to be immunized in order for herd immunity to work it's something like 90 percent, and that 10 percent is supposed to be reserved for people who cannot get vaccines right in order to protect them and in clark county i think the number of vaccinated people had dipped down to about 75 percent i mean this is all exactly as predicted i mean that there is no ambiguity about this right it dips down People get get the disease. I think they said that this particular strain had come from like Europe or something. Somebody had been traveling. Mm-hmm. Measles is airborne, right? Um, it is. It's caused by respiratory droplets. But the big deal is that you can actually uh, infect other people before you have symptoms. So uh, you're contagious from up to four days prior to oh, wow. having symptoms and um, to four days after the rash comes up. And the rash is not the first thing that shows up. And so that's what's key is that yeah, like if you have a fever, you're like, I got, you know, I got a cold. Like you're not immediately going to think, oh, my God, I'm measles. Right. And the other thing that makes this a monster disease is that it uh, remains. You can continue to get infected by respiratory droplets up to two hours after they're planted. That That was at Disneyland, right? Yes. That happened. Yes. And, um, you know, that. It's interesting because they're sending all of us doctors these instructions now, like what to do if you have a suspected patient that calls your office, like how do you deal with that? And there's very strict instructions. And one of them is consider seeing your patient outside. Oh my God. The other one is try to make them the last patient of the day so that no one else will be exposed for the rest of the day in your clinic. I mean, this is not a matter of, oh, someone comes in and they have scabies and so we like Lysol spray the bed. <laughs> These you oil. Know? Yeah, this is this is a big deal. This is a virus that sticks around for two hours. And the thing that clinches it for me it- in terms of where people really put their money where their mouth is. You talk a big talk. The second it actually reared its ugly head, you all were dragging your butts in there and getting the vaccines. Right. And that's interesting to me, right? Because most anti-vaxxers, the theory is, oh, well, the risks of the vaccine do not outweigh the benefits of disease prevention because eh, this disease isn't that bad anyways. It's not that virulent anyways. And it's not even a real risk. This is all about, you know, mind control for the government and, you know, all sorts of crazy thought processes. But when that risk is shown to them and it's in their backyard, they are posting on Facebook about, hey, my kid is not vaccinated and I'm in Washington. How do I prevent it? Oh, here's a thought. 
you prevent it by getting a damn vaccine. Like no amount of, you know, essential oil is going to help you. I uh, I just pulled this up. There, there is a lot of places out there that offer anti-vaccine information and it can be really confusing if you don't know who to trust and who not to trust. So this group is called Physicians for Informed Consent. Like that sounds, it sounds reputable, right? Like yeah. I don't really know who these people are, but I know that they've got their caduceus and so they look very official. I've met them at a medical conference. How does somebody go through medical school and be like cool with measles? Yeah, um, you know, I have a real problem with this group. I'm just going to put it out there. I do. Uh, you're legitimizing not vaccinating children and you're minimizing risk. Uh, you know, they they really they try to say they're coming from a place of people just need to know their rights. Uh, this this group was started back in um, in California after we passed uh, the law God in 2015. It, I know. <laughs> Fuck. So in 2015, California actually did the right thing, yeah. which is we said, oh, hey, there was that big bad measles thing yeah. that happened in Disneyland. And, you know, we were already thinking these like personal exemptions, you know, maybe we should be approaching uh, yeah, the anti that, yeah. argument up to that point place. up to that point you could say I have a ethical opposition but very few people did it no right? there was quite a few but no no and but that, I mean yeah. like before all this movement started before you know, because I think I don't know like where this seed got planted in people's heads but I mean you had to really kind of like go out of your way to figure out an exemption like in the 70s and 80s whoever did that Oh, yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm talking about like when they end, yeah. In, yeah, 15 so, years ish. So like this is interesting because they have a little um, fact sheet here about measles. And it was just kind of all the stuff that that we were just talking about saying, oh, well, you know, whatever. Like even if you do get sick, the fatality rates down because our, you know, nutrition's better and only only a fraction of a percent got encephalitis. Like, Okay, but if your kid is the one that dies of encephalitis, that's probably bad. And then then you can treat you can treat measles with vitamin A. Oh, my God. No. So are you going to just eat a whole bunch of carrots and hope it goes away? And then they said there's a study. There are studies that suggest a link between naturally acquired measles and reduced risk of blah, 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 Hodgkin's lymphoma. And yet I just saw a paper the other day saying being immunized against measles is is shown to be preventive from your immune system so it's just it's it's fascinating to me that they'll sort of like cherry pick their data and these organizations also are the first ones to sort of come around these conspiracy theories and say the cdc is bad who is bad the government's bad and yet who are they citing in this fact sheet cdc who <laughs> like i trust your data i just don't trust you right like you're either you're either a global conspiracy trying to kill everyone or you're not like you don't get to cite their information if you don't trust the organization yeah you know the hypocrisy runs deep with these groups and it just breaks my heart because when physicians start uh, you know, giving these arguments credence, we really get those folks that were in the gray area and not really knowing whether they were um, believing the conspiracies or not, you know, and, and then a doctor says something that is wrong, 
and is not science-based, but they're like, oh, but Dr. So-and-so says this is okay. I mean, we have Dr. Sears who developed the um, altered nice. vaccination schedule. Right up the schedule. street in San Clemente. He got yeah. a lot of trouble, didn't he? Um, yeah, he has. And, you know, and uh, I know some folks that have specifically espoused his uh his arguments for the altered vaccination schedule. Um, what he doesn't talk about is that that altered vaccination schedule um, causes problems. You know, uh, there's a lot of folks that are like, oh, but at least they're getting vaccinated. No. Uh, what we do know now that the research has been published is that when you vaccinate on a schedule that is different from the schedule that we have set up, uh, that increases the child's risk of febrile seizures. And as we have more febrile seizures, that increases the risk of brain injury. So it's not just a simple argument of, oh, well, at least they're getting a vaccine and, you know, we're trying to approach this so that we're not overwhelming the immune system. That's not a thing. There's a lot of research that supports the schedule we have and as we wait longer, you actually have a more vigorous immune system that has vigorous reactions to vaccines, which means you're going to have more side effects, actually, like febrile seizures. So you're saying vaccines cause seizures. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm Uh-oh. saying altered vaccination schedules cause seizures. Um, well, and, and I think, I mean, I do think this is really important because that's another thing that people sort of drag out and conflate oh well you know you just said that they were totally safe and now you're saying they cause these these things like they are a potent biologic that's why they work yes and they absolutely can have some adverse events but you have to look at at the data right i mean to me it's sort of like those people who say like i'm never going to fly a in a plane because I'm scared of flying and yet they drive around on a freaking motorcycle right or get in the car it's like okay so you you have this idea in your head about this thing that's really scary but statistically like the numbers don't lie the chances of that happening like we should we should all want to fly planes to work every day now don't get me (laughs) wrong I'm also scared like plunging to my death from 30,000 feet I agree with your computer. It's very scary. It's very scary. <laughs> my and computer yet, is really exasperated about it. It does not like too. this conversation. Oh my God. Yeah. So um, you know, speaking of these docs that are really, you know, leading people the wrong direction. Uh, did you read that article about Jenny McCarthy's anti-vax doc? Yeah, about how he's like, oh, never mind. Yeah, he's like, oopsie, you should probably you should vaccinate. get vaccinated. So, and uh, let's just have a bunch of autistic kids. It's cool. Right. And that's the thing that I love, right, is that you had all these very deep ingrained thought processes that the vaccines were inherently terrible. Right. Until, oh, shit, people are actually dying of the vaccine preventable disease. Yeah. Um, quick three, 360 degree turnaround. I need to tell you all, go get a shot. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, and even if... Even if vaccines did cause autism, which they don't, um, because when my daughter was first getting vaccinated, this was 2004, the height of all that stuff. Even if they did, you have a child who's not neurotypical. So what? Right. They're alive. They're alive. 
<laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Well, and it's also setting up this situation where we're actually saying that autism is worse yeah. than measles death. Yeah. Which is not true, not true at all. Not true at all. And, and absolutely like horrifically offensive to, to all the folks who are living um, with, with various degrees of Spec- autism yeah, spectrum. on the spectrum. Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, a whole nother topic of conversation. But it, it is interesting that this guy all of a sudden is sort of jumping ship. And I, Jenny has been quite quiet lately. Huh, funny. That's interesting yeah. how that works. Well, you know, and you know, as a physician, I have to wonder, you know, well, I have to wonder what even made him say such crazy shit to begin with. But he really was, you know, jumping on that bandwagon with Jenny McCarthy. And interestingly, you know, he was quite vocal during the Disneyland measles outbreak and really just kind of uh saying, Hey, this isn't a big deal. I no don't know deal. what you guys are talking about and yet for some reason now it's a big deal which by the way i mean the disneyland outbreak was a multi-state outbreak also just like the current outbreak well yeah i mean you if you wanted to plant a child plague bomb anywhere like the 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 most effective place to drop a plague bomb disneyland it's disneyland yeah i mean it's like if you don't get the hint after that um, even California changed well, their laws. You know, and um, you know, I have to wonder if there is a suddenly an oh shit moment with that doc because you know there we have a moral obligation to do no harm mm-hmm. as a physician. Sure, and uh, you know there have been physicians that are held criminally liable for. Uh, essentially practicing, well, essentially malpractice and uh, civilly liable, which is the easier thing to go down. And, you know, he practices in Santa Monica. Of course he does. (laughs) (laughs) With a whole bunch of rich people who are anti-vaxxers who I'm sure might want to hold him criminally or civilly liable. Such a place of privilege. And yeah, I mean, there is no group of people that will turn on you faster. Than that group, if they realize, like, oh shit, my I've kid now. Yeah. All of a sudden, my yeah, one. All it takes is one of those kids to get encephalitis, and for them to finally like come down out of their lavender-induced euphoria and realize I screwed up, I killed my child. Yeah, it reminds me of when I was uh, practicing clinical medicine a while back. Um, in 2008, there was another outbreak in San Diego of measles. And I was in clinical practice and someone brought their child into my clinic with a rash and high fever. And, uh, you know, we we automatically, you know, we put them in isolation, all of that. And I go to talk with the parents and I'm like, hey, so uh, what do the vaccines look like here? And they're like, well, (laughs) there aren't any. And you could see, like, I didn't even need to go further than that. The horror in that mother's face of, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah. Like, and literally, like, there was no, oh, man, you should have vaccinated. Why didn't you vaccinate? I didn't need to have that conversation. Literally, she said, "Uh, what do you think is going on? You know, I said, well, we have to rule out measles. And she said, okay, well, I need to get everybody shots, don't I? Yeah. 
Like, it was just that moment. And certainly, you know. Yeah, and- you can stop playing around at fun, fun, homeopath hippy dippy day when reality comes crashing in like oh shit the, you know the world is trying to kill us yes and and it's really interesting and because, your doctors are trying to help it not do it quite so fast right and you know the majority of anti-vaxxers are coming from a place of privilege where they are usually financially privileged and they're usually uh in very safe affluent neighborhoods and these things really just don't uh, they're not on their radar because, oh, well, it's not in my backyard. But these are also the same privileged folks that are going on really fancy vacations to Bali. And I believe that is also, uh, you know, in an area where there are endemic diseases. Well, and even and not Bali. There's plenty of other places you can go. But I mean, I mean, the, there's all sorts of different ways that, that they come in. It's not just like privileged people bringing it in. It's people, you know, just the fact that we're in this global economy. But the thing that um, really strikes to me is that for them, there really aren't consequences very often. Because even if their child is exposed, they have the luxury of good health care. Mm-hmm. And they probably are going to be more likely to survive because they can go to the hospital and get care right away and make sure everybody around them gets the vaccine so much. And it's, it's, they're not, they're yeah, never they the ones who play suffer. The oh shit card. Yeah. <laughs> Just know? scramble at the last They're never going to be the ones who, who suffer the consequences. So it is very much a, like it, yeah, it, it, it's its own cognitive dissonance, um, disease of, of privilege. And, and I think it just sort of allows people to, f- to feed into their own desires about like how much control I have over over the universe. Like I looked up, there's so many different interesting websites about vaccines, and so I found, um, you know, there's all there's very similar folks in in the pet world as well. But this woman started the National Vaccine Information oh, Center. They always sound very official, right? And it's basically just this one woman who decided. Her child was vaccine injured, and maybe he was. I don't know. Um, maybe one of those very, very small percentage of people that were. And instead of saying, you know, it is a disappointment, and I'm very frustrated and sad that my child was injured, but I'm still glad that in the greater picture we have these things. Instead, she decided to start this website saying that we should all. Do we know what this girl's background is? Yeah, well, so I clicked because she she's the president of the National Vaccine Information Center. That she probably she, started. She did. She co-founded <laughs> um, with parents so of she's DBT, self-appointed DBT vaccine-injured children. And so she's led a grassroots movement. Gosh, this all sounds so familiar, right? Um, mm-hmm. So she, so she's, uh, she's done her research. And she campaigns and blah, blah, blah. And now if you click on her CV, it's like three miles long. So here's all the articles she's written. Here's all the committees that she's been on as a public member. Here's all the places she's given comments and da, da, da. So 5,000 lines later, we get to the bottom of her CV, education. Oh, well, she's got to have like a PhD in immunology, right? She has a bachelor's in English. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Okay, now, now here's the thing. Like... To me, if I cared about something so deeply, wouldn't you get educated? She's on it? had thirty years. She's been doing public speaking. She has <laughs> self-publishing articles the of conspiracies. The hubris. If you, why wouldn't you've had plenty? Like, if you really cared, why wouldn't you go and like get some credentials so you could talk well, about these things credibly? I'd like to hear how much she cares. Would you? 
I would I love. Play? Oh, so wait, which which video did you uh, find? I have the new Internet Police protecting you from freedom of thought and speech. Oh, okay. Um, so, so she's blaming like, the Internet for. Yeah. So this is her uh, her video that's like front and center on her very professional page. Uh, where, by the way, one of the top things on her page is not scientific studies. It is make a difference today and donate. Donate, to us. of course. Fundraising. <laughs> so for factual information about health to be censored as fake news and quietly removed from the internet if it does not conform with public health policy and government recommendations oh, yeah. use of pharmaceutical and oh, yeah. food products. We all, we all know how um, how easy it is to remove bad information from the internet. Yeah, that's not... It gets scrubbed every day. Yeah. Well, and I just love how she's throwing out a million different conspiracy theory catchphrases to be like, hey, like, okay, I'm going to get you from this side. The yeah. people that think that disinformation is ruining us and mm-hmm. I'll get the government folks and, and I'll get the internet is bad folks. But the people that complain about fake news are actually always the ones who... Are creating fake news. Right. The irony. Net, net neutrality is meant to hold them down. Silently herded into a virtual dark age. Oh, we're being silently well, herded. Yes, we are, but... Um, conversations about health and vaccination. Can we define dark ages? It will not end there. I believe the dark ages were when folks died at the ripe old age of like 28. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. Oh, my God. Weren't the dark ages actually literally precipitated by the plague? Yes. A disease. (laughs) (laughs) Which was bad and wiped out a large majority of the population. And is, is treated by all these evil doctors. Right. The Dark Ages are when, like, turpentine was what we had to treat, right? Oh. (laughs) Okay, let's see what else she has to say. But Snopes and Webb of Trust are rookies (laughs) compared to the professional SWAT team. Well, that was perfect. I just randomly grabbed a spot, but, (laughs) I mean, Snopes is a rookie. Well, I, I believe they are considered... A large Professional media <laughs> organization that. But, but, oh. <laughs> I'm so confused already. This word salad of conspiracies. Well, what I love is that we're five minutes into the video and. She hasn't actually talked about any medicine or science. Because, <laughs> no. oh, wait, she doesn't know any. But what she does know is how to talk because she has a degree in English. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to our WooCast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly on our website at whatthewoopodcast.com. You can email us at contact at whatthewoopodcast.com or go to our website and fill out the contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. What the Woo is an educational podcast and is not a substitute for professional care and advice. Please seek appropriate medical care for any health care concerns. Opinions expressed are solely those of the doctors and not those of any sponsors or employers. Thanks for listening. See you next time on What the Woo.